More coronavirus secrecy from the Ohio Department of Health. Aren't they supposed to be working for us? Cleveland will get a new FBI building and Cleveland City Council will not be shrinking anytime soon. It's the wake up from Cleveland.com for Wednesday, February 12th. I'm Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn. I know that HIPAA protects medical records, but the Ohio Department of Health is taking secrecy to an entirely new level. Tuesday, we learned that the state had been testing not one, but three more people for the China coronavirus. We don't know where they live. We don't know how old they are. We don't know if they are male or female. But now we know that two of them do not have the dreaded virus. That makes four who don't have it in Ohio and one whose test results are not yet back. The health department announced that two anonymous people, one of whom made news upon getting sick on Wednesday, and a second heretofore unknown person who got sick Thursday, tested negative. The health department's secrecy stretched some on Tuesday when it instituted a new policy for announcing test results. They will only do so on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The department will share nothing more, nothing about whether the patients have been overseas, how sick they are, or where in the state they have been. The department says it is trying to balance the public's interest versus patient privacy, but I don't think the health department understands the meaning of the word balance. The good news is that as far as we know, Ohio remains China virus free. If you're like me, you still think of the FBI building on Lakeside Avenue in downtown Cleveland as new. But truth be told, the thing is 18 years old already, and President Donald Trump's budget released this week includes more than $80 million to replace it. The FBI employs 250 people in the building, where the federal government signed a 10-year lease in 2002 for $4.4 million a year. That rate factored in $10 million in improvements that the FBI wanted. Now that those amortized costs are paid off, the feds say the rent is far higher than the market rate. The government can save $6 million a year in rent if it builds and owns a new headquarters. Of the $80 million in the budget, $2 million would pay for the site, $6.5 million for design, $67 million for construction, and the rest for management and inspection. What happens to the current home of the FBI? Isn't Cuyahoga County looking for a good place to build a jail? Even though state law contains no provision for doing so, the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections on Tuesday officially killed two questions on the Cleveland ballot. Both were placed there by citizen initiative. One would have cut council from 17 to 9 members, and the other would have cut their pay. The people behind the initiative had a change of heart after the deadline for changing the ballot and recalled the petitions. Using a not-really-on-point Supreme Court ruling as justification, Cleveland City Council voted to pull back the questions— The ballots can't be changed at this point, but the Board of Elections took the formal steps needed to say, even if voters fill in those questions, the votes will not be counted. While the legal justification for pulling the questions is kind of sketchy, pretty much everyone agrees that cutting the council is one terrible idea, so no one is likely to go to court to preserve the questions on the ballot. 
Remember that guy who wanted to use a van filled with explosives to blow up Cleveland's July 4th celebration in 2018? He won't be anywhere near those celebrations for the next 14 years. That's how long Demetrius Pitts was sentenced to prison for his plot. He pleaded guilty last year to trying to help al-Qaeda and making threats against President Donald Trump and his children. The plea deal called for the 14-year sentence, and U.S. District Judge Solomon Oliver said he agreed that no more time was needed because of Pitts's mental health issues and rough childhood. The FBI arrested Pitts after he told an undercover agent he was an al-Qaeda operative who wanted to destroy the government and kill Americans. He planned his attack for Voinovich Park. Pitts had no explosives when he was arrested. Jane Fonda is returning to Kent State University for the 50th anniversary of the National Guard killing of four students, but Cleveland.com's Laura Johnston tells the tale of another 50th anniversary for Fonda, the anniversary of her arrest at Cleveland Hopkins International Airport. Fonda had just begun a speaking tour against the Vietnam War when she was arrested in Cleveland in 1970. After her first speech at a college in Canada, Fonda flew to Cleveland in November and was accused of fraudulently bringing drugs into the country and assaulting a police officer. All charges were eventually dropped. Fonda said she told the police the pills were vitamins, but she said the police told her the Nixon White House ordered her arrest. The most lasting thing to come of the arrest are Fonda's mugshots, With shaggy bangs and dark hair, her clenched fist raised in power. Fonda was detained for hours, and the Plain Dealer story said the arrest garnered the biggest crowd in recent history at Cleveland Central Police Station. Two years later, Fonda was dubbed Hanoi Jane and roundly criticized after a trip to North Vietnam, where she pleaded for U.S. pilots to stop the bombing and posed with North Vietnamese troops on an anti-aircraft gun. On May 4, 1974, Fonda came to Kent State as part of the fourth commemoration of the shootings to discuss political activism and the role of young people in bringing about an end to the Vietnam War. Now 82, she will be back at Kent State in May. Thanks for listening to The Wake Up. We'll be back with another edition tomorrow. Tomorrow.